Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com. Are you still going to the dance tonight? Want me to show you some of my moves? Well, thank you. I used to... Oh my gosh. Hey, look who's here. Why didn't you tell me? I'm so sorry. How do you think we got out of that ship? You too. Did you hear about the mutant incident? Those are my kids. The X-Men, the Brotherhood, we don't even know if they exist anymore. With the Sentinel services, we have to go now. Stay out of sight. There is nothing more important to me than my family. That was when I ruled the world. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on this particular episode, this is going to be a Discussing Comics episode. And joining me tonight, as always, Clarence Brown. How are you? Hey, man. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I can't complain. I'm um, kind of like ODing on uh, Marvel television and DC television. And it's interesting because for weeks I was asking you, or for months, I was asking, saying, I need something to watch. I need something to watch. And now it's like everywhere you turn, new comic book TV show. Yeah, a lot of good television and currently uh, some good movies coming up. Um, I think Blade Runner just came out and it kind of bombed at the box office, which was surprising. Uh, But, yeah, I got to see that. And like you said, plenty of good comic Well, Good. We'll we'll hold the good for a minute. But (laughs) plenty of comic book so on on TV. So let me ask, let me say this, and before uh, you know, I'm going to give up some geek cred right now because uh, I've never seen Blade Runner, the original, and I have no idea what this is about. And if I have seen it, I just don't remember it. So even though the sequel bombed, Reader's Digest, what's it about? The the original. Uh, basically about these androids. I think they're called replicants in Blade, in the Blade Runner world. And, um, yeah, I think the whole thing is to, they're trying to infiltrate the population. I might be wrong right in to tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it. And, and they, they, they only have a few ways to tell if the replicants are real or not real humans or, or replicants because they're that good. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of what the whole story is about. It's a very culty film. Even the first one did not do well at the original box office. It garnered its uh, praise slash attention well after it was released, and people started to gather around it with this cult following. So, so yeah, I mean, what I've seen from the new one, it looks great. You know, if you're just a sci-fi buff, it seems like it would be everything you would want and more. But you know, if it's just not appealing to the masses, that's kind of sucks and it was, it was a very expensive movie to make uh on top of that so it, so basically the replicants uh 
if I'm hearing you correct, they were so lifelike that you didn't know, you had no idea if the person or the per, you know, or the being or whatever you want to call it was a replicant or not. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, I believe so. And I'm going to Wikipedia just to be sure. <laughs> so basically, if, if if what you're right, what you're saying is right, they're Cylons. Because <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like Battlestar Galactica to me. Yeah, but I think this came first. Um, I want to say it came first. It's, it's based on a, a book by uh, uh, Philip K. Dick, and I believe that came before uh, Battlestar and all that. So. Even, even in the 70s, Battlestar. Yes, I want to say that, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> so whenever whenever Electric uh, Dreams came out, um, I want to say it's the name of the book, and I think I'm wrong on that. But but yeah, it, I think it came before. I think it predated Battlestar Galactica. All right. Well, considering the fact that I totally just bombarded you with all those questions, yeah, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, on the spot. I, I think you know if, if if indeed you were wrong, I don't think anybody's going to hold that against you because that was like literally totally nothing we had talked about discussing. Okay. So, yeah, I, 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 okay. I think I am wrong. Okay. Do you know when um, Battlestar Galactica came out? Nineteen seventy-eight. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is the book by Philip K. Dick, and it actually came out in 1968, so it did predate it. Ah, okay, got you. Okay, well, um, so so wibbly-wobbly, daity-wady or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that we were going to talk about, which, um, we, you know, and I prefaced in the beginning talking about all the TV shows that are comic book related, and I've seen several... Uh, you know, different websites have seen several articles talking about Supergirl's ratings down, Era's ratings down. We'll, when we talk about what we're talking about tonight, we'll be, uh, be talking about their ratings. So, so I have a question for you. Are we getting to the point where the audience is ODing, overdosing on comic book content? I don't know. I think they're very different camps. If you're well within the DC camp, I think you have your plethora of shows that are around and kind of solid. I don't. Only thing I think they're adding is Black Lightning, and I don't think that's even out yet on right. the DC side. Right. So, so they're kind of well established shows, and they're well into their seasons. I think anybody who likes those shows is is going to tune in. And we have to remember too, with a lot of these shows, they get more of their attention or a lot of their attention when the season is actually released on Netflix, like at the end of the year. So good point. So I, yeah. So I, I don't think, you know, as far as the DC side, I think they're pretty solid. You know, I can't see the numbers being down, but I think they'll, they'll be fine. Now on the Marvel side, it's a bit strange because man, new shows are popping up left and right. And these are not like the flashes or the Supergirls of the world. These are, characters that most people know nothing about including myself <laughs> so i think it's a very different thing on the marvel side and plus you know you have everything kind of centralized on the dc side on one channel you know the cw right. and 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 on the marvel side it is everywhere literally because because when you said that i'm thinking you've got the shows that are on netflix which are daredevil Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and the and the Defenders, and soon to be uh, the Punisher. Then yeah. you've got ABC with the Inhumans and um, Agents of Shield. Then you've got um, Fox with um, the Le Gifted. 
uh, well, FX for the Legion. Yeah. Oh, we had this argument before, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, FX for the Legion, Fox with the Gifted, and Hulu is coming out with the Runaways, and Freeform will have Cloak and Dagger. So you're a, a million percent correct. They, they are literally strong from left, right, and center. Yeah, and, and maybe those shows that are on the different channels don't really have to be the top Marvel show. They just have to do good on those stations or channels or networks that are, you know, more friends networks, you know, Freeform, Hulu. You know, if they do moderately well on those networks, I think they'll be fine. Right. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be hits. Yep, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., regardless of how good or bad it might be. Think of it, ABC wanted to um, cancel the agents of shield and disney said no another season so yeah oh, really? huh so yeah, honestly, i haven't i haven't tuned in to agents of shield since season three it's it it's not that it's bad but also i don't think it benefits from being a 22 24 episode a season show uh it makes the the stories a little watered down so you know it's it's cool to see um Agent Coulson on there and I I don't know it's just like after a while it it kind of just lost me and I can't really say what it is in particular. Let me ask you this. Do you think we will see the um television shows that 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 are network or not necessarily just well yeah mainly network shows go more to a Many season, be it, you know, you have a before Christmas, uh, you know, a fall season and a spring season, as opposed to having 22 episodes like, you know, like what they have now, simply because we're getting more into like with uh, Netflix and Hulu and all these other shows or Game of Thrones, where you're seeing 10 12 episodes 15 episodes and that be it i don't know just my personal opinion i like the uk model a lot better uh to where it's you know 10 12 episodes and 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 that's what you get but i think just for anybody who wants to catch up on agents of shield whether six seasons in five or six right and to have 22 episodes on each of those seasons to catch up on is just a lot now, this is the same person that's telling you this that watched every season of Star Trek Voyager, which is like 22 to 24 episodes. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think we're diving into this different format, shorter shorter seasons, um, more focused and more highly produced seasons. So I, I, don't, I don't know where it goes. What do you think? I think I'm, I'm going to... Contra- well, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm contradicting, I, but let me, I'm clarifying. That's the word, something that you said. So when Voyager was out, that was 2003, 2000, you know, whenever, you know, early 2000, or was it late 90s? No. 95 to 2002. Okay. So, so literally 20 years ago, just or 22 years ago. So yeah. when that show came out, as a audience, not not you and I particularly, but as an audience, we were accustomed to the 22-episode arc of a series because literally that's what we were used to. Now, viewing habits 22 years later, because so much more content is available, different type of content, more con- precise, concise storytelling 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the way Voyager was told because it was told in a different time, whereas the way yeah. we see things now is just different. And I think another huge thing is not only the length but the format. We're used to stuff that has a through storyline throughout the the first episode of the season to the last episode season of the season, especially with things like on Netflix, you know, the Game of Thrones. Uh, whereas these twenty two episode seasons are more villain of the week, or Correct. you know, we have this objective. You can watch this out of context and be totally fine. Uh, whereas now we're to this point where we want to see this continuous story that has a through arc until the end of the season. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right, because I was thinking back then where you had continuing arcs back, uh, back in those days was you had a cliffhanger as the season finale, yeah. and then you had a pickup in the fall finding out what happened, who shot Jr. would, uh, you know, Lakutus of the Borg uh, become Captain Picard again, or whatever the case may be, you had some type of cliffhanger that you didn't resolve to the summer. For the rest of them, you're right, they were episodic for the most part. Yes. So we've been watching uh, two particular um, television shows from Marvel in the last couple of weeks. One being The Inhumans, which bombed, I think, in their box office um, premiere, and then The Gifted. So I'm going to let you decide. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's table those two for just a second. Okay. And I'll talk about the Runaways trailer. Did you Did you see that? I've not. So tell me about it. <laughs> oh, well, we don't have to talk about no, no, it. No, 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 no. I want to talk about it because I, I pretty much know kind of who they are. So tell me real quick. Uh, oh, I, I don't I don't know any of the characters' names, so this is going to be a more generalized view of the trailer. The kids that know you when you're young, no one will ever know you like that again. Don't give up on that. gonna let us in i hope you're right about this not being a big deal they're teenagers the last thing they're interested in is what their parents are doing it's time where are they why is my mom's purse here this some Narnia shit. What is happening? Get away from her! You don't have to hide who you really are. Uh, but it felt very cultish. Okay. And I know there's a group of super villain parents or that have these powers, but what they presented with was this, what, what, what leads these kids to run away is that they walk in on this cultish type meeting of all these villain parents where they're like hooded and doing some seance thing on some girl. 
Um, I guess maybe to give the give her her powers. I'm really not sure what I was seeing there. But the kids walk in on it and like freak out. And I think that's what leads them to actually be runaways. Not exactly what I was looking for, <laughs> but I did read that some of that stuff uh, before I saw the trailer. So I, I don't know if I would like that one at all. It seemed very, very different, but but it seemed semi interesting nonetheless. Well, I, I, I will preface by saying I know who the runaways are, but I've never bought a runaways book so you know I, I can't say that i was a fan but i can't say that i wasn't they just never piqued my interest enough to where i was oh cool i want to write i want to you know re- go out and buy this uh, ah. but on the flip side then this is a trailer that i have seen one of my favorite books whenever i was a teenager and i remember uh, starting with this uh, particular series, I think around issue 12 or 13, and this was back in the days where you continued the series. This wasn't volume four, you know, uh, issue 12. This was, you know, right after it first got started, which was The New Mutants. And anybody listening to some of our previous uh, episodes who, um, when we've talked about comic books or I've talked about the X-Men, you've heard me reference, and Clarence, you'll remember this, Ilyana, who is Colossus's little sister, is one of my absolute favorite X-Men characters. That being said, we've both seen the New Mutants trailer, right? Yes. What did you think? Uh, the New Mutants. You know what? Um, I've said this before. I guess I'll state it again here. I don't want to be in anybody's head, you know, in a headspace that's freaky or creepy or scary or horror themed. And I I know we're not in anybody's head in this particular show, but it gave that same vibe that I got from Legion. And I it just instantly turned me off. And that's kind of why I left it. Last question. Do you know what mutants are? Did you know baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous than adult ones? They haven't learned how to control how much venom they secrete. All of you are dangerous. That's why you're here. Okay, so I was completely turned off, too. And uh, I say that by preferencing the not only is um, Ilyana one of my favorites, but it has the original New Mutants in there. We've got uh, a character called Cannonball. We've got uh, Mirage, uh, Danielle or Danny Moonstar. You've got uh, you've got Lady Me from um, um, Doctor Who, um, a shielder who also, you know, she's got this other little role on some kind of show, Game of Thrones, I think. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, what's her name on Game of Thrones? can't remember. Um, uh, Arya Stark. What's oh, the girl? yeah. Yeah, her. That that girl with no name, which I just call her me. So anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, bad joke. Um, she's in it as uh, Wolfsbane. Uh, nah, I just, I just, 
didn't really didn't really feel it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool that it has Maisie Williams in it, but is is it actually is this a, this is a movie, right? This Am is I, a movie. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. A it's horror gonna, movie, um, an X Men horror movie. It's going to bomb at the box office. I really think so too. I may be I, totally wrong. It has no chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do do I, so? Do you want to kind of get? Do, do you want to know where they're getting the storyline from? Uh, go uh, really quick. Have it. Go ahead. Okay. So for anybody listening, um, and, and you're interested about the movie, and you don't want to hear, just be warned. Um, because this is what I've read that they are basing it on. So just be warned from this point forward. Spoilers. 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 In around issue 17 or 18 of the New Mutants, I think it was issue 18, Chris Claremont decided to take the New Mutants in a entirely different direction for the next arc and basically hired a new art or marvel hired a new artist they changed the style of the artwork and no longer well this they were still the junior x-men but all of a sudden this demon bear came um that had been haunting danielle that this demon bear is what killed her parents and um it, it goes into literally gutting uh danielle she's in the hospital they're trying to save her um and they're fighting this demon bear who um at the end they find out is actually i think somehow were were not what killed her parents somehow they were the demon bear was her parents and somehow this movie is based on all of that which eh, i just I didn't like that storyline, and I totally uh, didn't feel this movie. So, or this now, trailer. Now I'm even more not interested. In it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it may it may be the best uh, X Men movie of all times, but nah, just not feeling it. What's the release? Do we know if it's going to release around? It, I think uh, it's sometime next year, eight twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. Cool. So, cool. and and I, we may be I, eating uh, crow come this time next year when it's the highest rated comic book movie. But yeah, I just don't think so. Yeah, I doubt it. Doubt it too. But what I don't doubt is I think you've got opinions on these next two stories. So Inhumans are gifted. Which one do you want to take first? Uh, let's take the lesser of the two, I guess. Let's talk about Inhumans a bit. Okay. Interesting that you uh, just automatically, without context, called it the lesser of two so that lets you lets me know which you liked better <laughs> well yeah yeah i mean inhumans was fine i just watched the first episode by the way so i don't know anything that happens beyond that point i thought it was fine it's it's not necessarily what i thought it would be uh, of course, it being the the royal family on the moon, which I thought was pretty cool that they kept it there and didn't change that. Um, but yeah, it's more of a family, a sibling squabble at this point than than anything that I that I know. I mean, maybe it changes in episode two and three. I don't know. <laughs> so, so when you say you've only watched the first episode, it, the or did you only watch because when they premiered it? Uh, on television it was a two-hour thing on a friday night so did you watch the full two-hour episode or did you just watch that first half 
the, the full two hour. Uh, oh, okay. Arc. All right, got yeah. you, got you, got you, got you. We are inhumans. Our people need a leader. The days of Black Bolt are coming to an end. Maximus is trying to take over Adelan. Honor me as your new king. Never. You must escape now. We have to get to Earth. What the? Things are changing, and they're not going back. Marvel's Inhumans, debuting on IMAX screen September 1st. Get tickets now, premiering on ABC September 29th. I am the Queen of Adelaide. No one tells me what to do. So, what did you think of the royal family itself? I thought they were really cool, <laughs> and that I, I don't know. I think, like any family, they have this squabble, and I think what's cool about it is that um, uh, Ramsey, uh, what's the guy's Ramsey name? Ramsey Snow, uh, Ian and, Rowan. Yeah, I think it's cool that they presented him as the one without the powers, and I don't know if that's how it originally is in the comics. It, do you know? No, he actually is is not just a plain human. He's literally, oh. you know, he he's not he's still that same type of character, but he's literally Maximus the Mad, um, you know. In uh, but uh, does is does he have inhuman powers on the comic book? Let me look that up. He has. I want to get exactly uh, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I like how that is the struggle of of what the whole story is going for. You have this, you know, I can relate, and I'll I'll just relate this to my own story. I have a family full of people who are musically talented, and I'm the only one without the musical talent. (laughs) So, So like his character, I feel the pain of being the one who, you know, sort of the redheaded stepchild of everybody else that has these awesome talents and powers. Uh, now, as far as what he does in the show is going to de- dethrone his own brother, uh, it felt like a bit much. Felt like a bit much, but but I don't know. What are your feelings on it, man? All right, so let me let me uh, mention his powers as per the comic, not necessarily per this. And I'm wondering by the end of this season if he will have powers, considering just how he is in in the story. So having said that, here are his powers. Maximus has a genius level intellect and great inventiveness. His mental powers granted by the mutagenic effects from exposure to the Terrigen mist give him the ability to numb, override, and even efface a person's mind. He has the ability to induce short-term amnesia in others and the ability to exchange his consciousness with another's. Maximus' mental powers have a limited range as well as variability. He can only affect minds in a certain radius and only create one effect at a time. Hmm, so maybe he has his power. He just doesn't know he have it. has he it or something. Maybe, maybe. But here, here, here was my problem with how they presented the royal family um, at the very beginning. And without going into politics, I mean, you know, any any um, 
any government or any set of people, you always have the haves and the have-nots. I mean, that goes back to, you know, stories of Robin Hood back, you know, hundreds of years ago. And, you know, you you start out, and the, this may be Maximus playing with the audience as well. And, you know, some of my feelings may have been carried over from not liking the Inhumans in the last couple of years to some of the things Maximus said in the first uh, part of the story. But I came across looking at the royal family with not much sympathy considering the way they were painted as the, you know, everybody else is working day and night just by a look of a draw based on what power you get all to maintain their lavish lifestyle. Well, I, I don't know if it's so much as them maintaining their lavish lifestyle. You have to remember they are kings and queens, and this is very much a caste system here. It is is not anything like what we have today. It's very medieval in that sense. And, you know, maybe justifiably so since they've been so separated from everybody else, although they do have some technological advancements that are on their uh, planet or on their um I'm on sorry. the moon. <laughs> on the moon. What's the name of the place again? Uh, Adelan. Adelan. So, I mean, I don't really fault them that much for that because that's just kind of the system that they've been living in. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucked in medieval times too. So, I, I, it's just what situation they're in, I feel. But, I mean, to the same point, I do, don't know how I feel about, you know, <laughs> If you have the worst power or no power, you're going to be in the bottom of the mines automatically, which, again, cast system. Um, and maybe you can clear something up for me. Um, seems like I remember in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when you took the Terrigen Mist and you did not were not an inhuman, it turned you into stone. Why, why does this not happen there? Or do we know if it happens or not? Uh, because everyone there is an inhuman. See, the, the Inhumans that we've seen in Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. were not, for lack of a better term, purebred. They were not, you know, true Inhumans. Maybe some Inhumans came down to Earth uh, generations, hundreds, thousands of years ago, and, you know, bred with, you know, others, and these are descendants of them. Um in and the, I think they did reference that in the show as well. And in the think, comics, you know, the the story of, of Adelan when they were first introduced, it was actually in the Himalayas. And at some point, they lifted the city up and took it into space and landed on the moon. So, you know, uh, originally they were on Earth in the comics. And, so, you know, it might be the same in, you know, in the story if we see enough of it. Yeah. So in the original Inhumans, they were the ones that were originally DNA genetically engineered by the Kree. Correct. Any of their direct descendants are still Inhumans. Uh, any of the non-purebred people are actually the people walking around on Earth that you know have these latent powers that may may be exposed to the mist and can surface. I guess. Correct. 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 And okay. one of the reasons in uh, correct. And one of the reasons in. Uh, the comic, if I remember correctly, that they left Earth is because Earth's atmosphere was toxic to them and um, because of all the pollution and the poison that the uh, people, um, 
you know, were making with the Industrial Revolution and et cetera and so forth. I think that was just a political statement or an environmental statement in the 70s and late 60s. And they that was one of the reasons why they, you know, took them or moved into space. So question for you, sir. Okay. Do you think well, – I know they can't really mention – can they even mention mutants at all on the non-Fox side of things? You know, that's interesting because that was something that our friend Sergio brought up that, you know, there's no rule against it. And, you know, it's just a bunch of lawyers, you know, throwing paper around. But um, I'm I'm not sure. I I almost am wanting to say that they can't say the word mutant or they don't want to have lawyers throwing paper around. Yeah, because it would be interesting if they established that this – Terrigen could also, you know, as per the comics, kill the mutants uh, or affect them adversely. Uh, I think that would be cool, but probably it's not going to happen. Yeah, and and I think they changed it, didn't they, at the uh, end of um, IVX, which is really sad that I don't remember that, and that came out less than a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, what do you think about Crystal, man? My least favorite of the Inhumans. You know what? She is my favorite from the comic books, man. She is really my favorite, and I did not like her on the show at all. Interesting that you really liked her in the comics and didn't like her in the uh, TV show. Because you want to know who my favorite uh, Inhuman is from the TV show? I think I know, but go ahead. Medusa, who is Uh, my least favorite, the one that I hate or used to hate, quote unquote, in the comics. How do you think about her loss of, of hair? I thought that was pretty painful. <laughs> I thought it was painful, but I thought it was also ingenious the way they did it so that you didn't have to worry about the bad C- CG wig <laughs> or whatever. Well, I thought the CG was actually pretty good, but and all in all, it probably would be a horrible uh, cost to the to the show. Yeah, and you know, people would be constantly you know, panning of whether or not it was, uh, you know, good, you know, oh, well, this looks so bad or whatever. So I think it freed, I don't know, I don't know if it freed up the character for, for, um, you know, character growth, but I will say Serenda Swan, who is the actress that played it, she took a character that I disliked, not as much as Carol Danvers in any shape, form, or fashion, Oh, but, here we go. But didn't like. I mean, just kind of just didn't like and made me like the character. Same way that um, Robert Downey Jr. made me like Tony Stark. So kudos to her. Yeah, I have to say, I, I do not like the look of Black Bolt at all. I think he needs the mask. I think Andy Mill said that before. Yeah. I, I, I don't like him without the mask. I don't know. Well, there's only, you know, uh, I do like the actor because he does play off the I can't talk thing you know, pretty good, but, um, hmm, I, I just, I do like, uh, um, oh, what's his name? The, the one, um, that can, uh, ding, ding, my brain just went dead for a second. Um, the guy that can see, um, Karnak, Karnak. Yes. The one that's different too in, in the, in the show than he does in the comic books. Yes, he does. So, um, you know, very interesting on his part, too, as well as Gorgon. He looks very different, which I actually, you know, 
he looks more like realistic than what he does in the comic, which, you know, I don't have a problem with. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give the show some time. I hope that it gets better. Um, have you seen the latest episodes? Yes, I've seen pretty much. Well, I haven't seen pretty much. I've, I have seen all of them, so I'm caught up and, with it. And what is your take, sir? I still like Medusa. <laughs> I mean, no. I, you know, I, every every time I've seen her, I am totally liking her. So does that mean the rest of the show is just garbage? No, I, I no. I mean, there's there's other things going on, but I, I she's she catches my attention every time I see her, and, and it's like, okay, oh, cool, here's Medusa again, and again, I have to compliment that actress because never would I have thought that Medusa would be my favorite character on a TV show. Huh. Never did you think you'd like, like any Inhuman, I guess. No, I guess not. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe that was like Marvel's uh, gift to me. Maybe I'm a little gifted. Who knows? But, I guess so. But speaking yeah. of corny transitions, uh, The Gifted, what did you think? Uh, the show was freaking phenomenal. <laughs> I really, really loved it. Um, everything about it, 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 I think it sort of gave me that season one episodes one through five of Heroes vibe uh, very much. But yeah, I th- everything about it I loved. I love the special effects. I love what they did with um with uh Blink. I thought she was freaking awesome. Uh played by Jamie Chung, which I love that actor. Yeah, um Mutants on the Run and I I thought every aspect of that show just felt I'm not going to say fresh, but it 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 felt different from the other superhero shows that we've seen. You know, it it made me think, I don't know how long they can sustain this being a runaway from the police or cops or the the Sentinel service type of show. But but I think what it, what I've seen so far, they've done very well. So here's my thought. Here's here's my take on it. Or, or you said what what was the word that you just said that you, you used to describe it? Because uh, my memory is like gone tonight for some reason. Um, I used a bunch of words. Okay. All right, well, here's the word that I'm going to use uh, to describe my initial take on uh, The Gifted. Totally unexpected. I watched it. I mean, I recorded it for the sense of actually, to be honest with you, I actually watched it to pick it apart and kind of say like, ha, 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 you're not good. And it was like, oh, wow, this is like – this kept my attention because I've said before, if I can put down my computer or I can put down my phone or I can put down my iPad while I'm watching something, it has caught my attention. And very few shows these days do that. Gifted did that. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's the best non-Netflix Marvel show out right now, I think by far. Uh, I really loved it. Now, do we know why they why they don't know if the X-Men exist? Do we know what timeline this takes place in? This is my assumption. I'm going to assume that this will take um this ta- this will take uh place at some point between the X-Men movies and Logan, the last Wolverine movie. So I'm thinking at some point Something happens and the X-Men go away. It could be uh, whatever happened 
that happened because of the Logan movie that the X-Men went away. That could be what they're referring to. And then maybe the Brotherhood went into hiding. I'm not quite sure there, but I'm assuming that it is sometime between whatever the last X-Men movie will be and, you know, the Logan set in the future movie. Now, did we not establish that Logan was like an offshoot? It wasn't in the same universe or that's what I believed. Is is that not the case? I'm not sure because I've still yet to see Logan. What? Yep. I've never seen it. I don't even know you. <laughs> well, well, I, I will tell you this and I'll tell you why. One reason I haven't seen it yet. Um, no, excuse. no excuse. No, no, no. no. The, well, it, I didn't like the first Wolverine movie and, um, Someone I know named Curtis told me that um, he had watched it and like he, you know, he's a big Wolverine fan and really kind of like, you know, it was like Wolverine, 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 you know, all the Wolverine movies have been great. He did not like Logan. And I was like, okay, you are such a diehard Wolverine fan. You didn't like Logan. Uh, I, if it, if it's on one day and I don't have nothing else to do, I'll watch it. But I'm not like running to go see it or, as, or to rent it or whatever. As a geek journalist, it is your your job to watch it. Uh, <laughs> okay, but still. Anyway, anyway, I mean, well, do we know if these shows take place in the I'm I'm gonna say XMU? I don't know what it's called, the Foxverse. Or what, do no, we? That's a good what, one, Foxverse. Yeah, do we know? I, I don't know. It's supposed to be because I, th- I think we heard that Legion is not. Uh, I think they just overtly said that it's not in the same universe. So, uh, have they actually said anything about that? Do we know? I, I, I really don't know. I'm just assuming that it is, considering that they are introducing characters that are X Men related, because you've got this mutant underground, and we see. Um, you know now one of one of them is an original character the guy that has kind of like lights and lasers coming yeah, out of his fingers really cool yeah very cool very good uh visual but you know we you've already referred to blink so we've seen her uh we've seen Lorna Dane also known as Polaris um you've not seen her yet with her green hair but um you will see her with her green hair. I watched the first two episodes. Ah, oh, you've watched the first well, two. I, I kept watching after the first episode. It was ah, good. Cool. So, so uh, I, you know who she is, right? Yes. Well, I know now. Uh, what is there a deeper story? Okay. Well, well, tell me who you think she is. I mean, I just know her from the show. That's all. Oh, okay. Uh, she is one of the first non-original people that joined the X-Men. So you had the original five X-Men and then uh, before the all new, all different with Wolverine and Storm and Colossus, you had two other mutants uh, join um, the X-Men who were Havoc, who was Cyclops's younger brother and Polaris, who is this character in, uh, you know, in Gifted. So have you figured out what Polaris's powers are? Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I can't even, uh, something to do with metal. Yep. Magnetism. So she is the, she's been referred to as the mistress of magnetism. Okay. And I think they do make reference to, um, the main character guy with the light says that, um, and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, 
but he he makes reference to uh her starting this thing her i guess she started the mutant underground maybe I guess so maybe which which that might be why they don't think the x-men are still around because maybe she told them <laughs> maybe so yeah, and so you know who uh, if she's the mistress mistress of magnetism do you, you know that pretty much sets up and i'm just kind of giving this one away who her daddy is well, if she's his mistress, wouldn't she be? Well, not his? mistress, mistress, <laughs> but if he's the master of magnetism and she's his daughter, basically. Okay, man, his, this dude gets around, right? Yes, he does, very much Everybody. so. And you're his daughter, and you're his daughter, and you're his son. Okay. <laughs> you get a child, you get a Magneto, you get a Magneto. He just started his own island or something. Wait, I yeah, think he did. He, he did, he, and, and, he, uh, and, and he also had an asteroid at one point. Wow. Yeah, so, asteroid I, I, M. I do like how they made reference to uh, we talked about this on our cable video, the Mutant Liberation Front. Yes. They made reference to that and the Brotherhood, which I don't really know much about them. Maybe you can explain. Oh, yeah. The Brotherhood is uh, the the original uh, bad mutants. Basically, they premiered. And, and back then, this was back when, you know, you use choose cheesy names. They're called the Brotherhood now. But of course, they were back then. They were the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You know, you got to put the you know of evil mutants in there. But um, it was originally Quicksilver, the Scarlet Witch, Magneto, the Toad, and someone called Mastermind. Cool, cool. And you know, since the storyline of the X Men has been changed so much with this time travel and, and things like that. Um, it's kind of hard to tell where this fits or if it fits at all. You know? <laughs> if we had a clearer storyline, it would be much easier to say, okay, if it's here in the universe, but since everything keeps getting wiped and wiped and, and, you know, the story is ever changing in the X verse or whatever you call it. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I liked, you know, I didn't think that I would like the mother at first, but she's awesome. She's awesome. I really like her. And I really like the father. Yeah. Um, and for uh, True Blood fans, they need to have Rogue show up at some point and interact with the father. That would be really cool. He's on True Blood. Yeah, he was the uh, main vampire on True Blood, and of course, you know, she was—I uh, think her name was Sookie—off uh, of True Blood, and the, the girl who played Rogue. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, again, the daughter reminds me of the of the cheerleader off of Heroes yes. very much. So, uh, yes. she's freaking awesome. I loved her. I like the kind of interaction her and the brother had the little family spats, and then she said, "You know, didn't I teach you to swim? Don't worry about it. I'm gonna teach you." So I thought that was cool uh, sibling relationship bonding going on there. So speaking of the relationship bonding with the siblings, got a question from your interpretation. Are the twin are well? Are they the same age, the brother and the sister? Uh, no, not okay. at all. I didn't think so either. Um, they look to be, you know, like he looks a little bit younger than she is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because in the comics, and and I don't know if how they're going uh, with this, but in the comics, the tw- the twins, well, the character that the brother and sister represent or that they're very loosely based off of, based on their whole personalities and whatever. They are, the name is actually um, 
von Strucker, and they the names of these twins were Andreas and Andrea von Strucker. And, th- of course, just from their names, you can kind of get the idea that they were uh, villains, and their powers were energy manipulation, but they had to be touching, you know, or holding hands in order to use their powers. Totally different from from what we're do we seeing. Do we know they're derived from this, those same as that characters? I'm going to say yes, because remember, um, I think it was the boy that was drawing a picture of a wolf at the very beginning in one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. The uh, name that these two went by was Fenris, which was some mythological wolf. So, you know, whether they are literally or just figuratively uh, these same characters, uh, I I just think they're loosely based on them. I don't think they are, um, you know, going to turn out to be evil. Yeah, I mean, and they this show has a lot of good. Well, maybe social commentary is the wrong word to say, but I like how it's pitting the 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 whole being a lawyer against this certain type of people, these mutants, muties, or whatever they call them in the show. And lo and behold, his own kids turn out to be mutants. It's just like irony at 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 its greatest. And I thought that was really really cool how that happened. And also just like the interaction of seeing these people um, start to rebel against what they think is a threat just because they're a little bit different. You know, that kind of goes to to um, no, again, social commentary, things that we see that happen around the nation or around the world. So are they dangerous? Probably. But, you know, you can't just round them up and put them in <laughs> in jail on that basis, you know, and I think that's the age old struggle with mutants. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. It, it's nothing new here. It's just kind of what we get with the mutant population. You, you know, it's interesting that you said that because you're right. And that was one of the reasons back in the day that the X-Men reached such popularity in the late seventies, early eighties is because anybody who was disenfranchised, you know, that felt like an outsider, whether that it was because, you didn't have as much money as other people in your class or you weren't as tall as someone else, uh, uh, you know, the the other people around you. You don't have, you know, that problem. But, uh, um, you know, or, you know, whether um, it was a racial thing, whether it was sexual orientation, whatever the outcast or the the group that you labeled yourself as part or that society labeled you, that's, I think, what the X-Men, you know, really caught on with. That being yeah. said, uh, they are, you're right, hitting a lot of those uh, themes and, and and very poignantly in some cases in um, these first couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, so what do you think about the Sentinel services? Is that a comic book thing? Um, and they call these spider-like things Sentinels. I'm wondering, are these the inception of what we eventually get as a to- big, tall, you know, gigantic Sentinels that the X-Men fight against? So here's how I'm going to explain that or, or answer that. Budget, budget, <laughs> budget. <laughs> and Cassandra Nova. And here's here's what I mean by that. There was a character in the X-Men uh, 
probably 10, 15 years ago, um, called Cassandra Nova. And she created a new breed of Sentinels. And part of those, I think, were those, there were some smaller, not, I won't, won't call them mini Sentinels, but similar in, in look to these little spider-looking creatures. So I think it's budget, but something that they kind of tied also into the whole you know, story, so to speak. Ah, that was really cool. And the, the Sentinel services themselves, I think that was just, uh, I've never heard of that from the comic. I mean, there have been, um, there was some kind of mutant registration task force or something, but never, I don't think, called Sentinel services. Cool, cool. Uh, another uh, cool Easter egg that's in the show. Uh, one of the guys' phone rings. Yes, and the nineties X Men cartoon theme song. I thought that was freaking awesome. And that that was very cool. That was very cool. And plus, uh, you know, there are just so many. Like we've seen, um, you know, we've seen the guy that you know we mentioned Polaris, but there was another character that's in there. Um, He's John Proudstar, the guy that's really strong and whatever. You remember him? Uh, He actually is one of the first uh, class or the the Storm class and the Wolverine. He was part of that team, and they killed him off in the second story. Ah, hmm. So uh, his younger brother was a villain first um, and took on the name Thunderbird, and was a villain. His his name is James Proudstar, and he was a villain at first. But for the past, he only stayed villain. I'll say from probably five or six, seven years of being a character. You know, after they created him, and he uh, basically was, you know, you you recruited my brother and took him away from uh, the reservation, took him away from his home, and you got him killed. So I'm going to kill Xavier and then I think he and Xavier had some uh coming to terms and then he's been a uh offshoot of the X-Men ever since. Ah, cool. Cool, cool. character. So yeah, where man, do you I, see this? I'm sorry, uh go ahead. No, I was just going to reiterate about Blink in this episode. I thought she was fantastic. Again, I'm a fan of the actor, but I thought the what they did with the special effects when she was open up, opening up this portal to this particular spot, and they had to keep combating that over and over. I thought that was really, really cool and well done in episode. So they're, they're doing some good writing in this episode as well. So uh, if they keep that up, I think this show would be all right. So what do you think of Lauren's powers, uh, these b- air bubble things? Um. It's basically just a shield, but she does some cool things with it. She can manipulate things and move them around, which I think is a cool power. Uh, you know, she can protect herself in any situation. It's more of a passive, uh, protective type uh, power. It's not really, I don't think she can really attack people with it. At least we haven't seen it yet that I know of, other than maybe pushing somebody to the right. side like that. So, I mean, I think it suits her well. And I think. On the other hand, you have the, the 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 boy who has the very much seems like if he gets enough rage, he can uh, shred things to to nothing to dust. So, I think their powers complement each other very well. 
And, you know, I read, um, and I've got the book somewhere. I bought this many, many, many years, probably about almost 20 years ago probably. And it was a book um, that was the science – it was called The Science of the X-Men. And it was explaining how scientifically each of their powers might work. And one of the part of this uh, book was saying your inherent personality – had or something that happened to you at in some way uh, had some type of bearing on what powers you would have. And that being said, Lauren is such a protector, she gets a shield power. The boy has so much rage, he gets this explosive type of, you know, telekinetic type power. Hmm, that's interesting. I never heard that before. And if you look at, uh, you look at Storm, um, she... Um, was in the character, I mean, in the comic, at some point uh, when she was a child, she was in a building that that collapsed, and um, she was rescued from, that was how her parents got killed, and she was rescued from this um, collapsed building. Well, that's why she has a fear of enclosed spaces, hence now she controls the weather and can fly. So, you know, she gets the power to be up in the sky where she has this fear of being enclosed ah cool cool so so let's talk for a second i'm just curious uh which which one do you think did better in the ratings oh the gifted by far man it's not even close i think (laughs) all right so uh considering that uh the inhumans uh, episode one and two were really aired together. They they get the same amount of uh, viewers, which was three point seventy five. Okay, that was okay. on a Friday night. So in comparison, uh, the first episode of Inhumans, I mean, excuse me, The Gifted came in on a Monday night uh, with four point nine. So, um, you know, not not like blown away 10 million or whatever, but still, this is Fox and 4.9, I don't think is too bad. Okay, well, maybe let me it is. That, sir. Um, let me make sure I get the right show. Okay, let's see here. Yeah, all right. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Marvel's Inhuman Season 1 so far has a uh, tomato meter of 8% and an audience score of 51%. And um, The Gifted has a tomato meter of 76% and audience score of 79%. So it seems like critics are favoring The Gifted as well. Okay. So they also say, you know, no matter how good a show starts in its premiere, the next question is, can it hang on to its audience, right? Yeah. So true. for Inhumans, and, and, and we pretty much know, even we've seen this in Doctor Who, you're, or, and, and I'm sure this is true for most shows in general, your premiere is going to have a larger audience than your second, third, fourth ish, you know, episode. So you're going to see some decline. So for um, Inhumans, after that two uh, hour first episode, then the third episode uh, comes in at 2.78. The fourth episode comes in at 2.3. So it's bleeding just a little bit each week. In comparison, Mm -hmm. now we've only had, 
so we don't have a um, tonight's episode's numbers yet, so we can't really compare that much. In contrast, though, the um, second episode of Gifted was 3.79. So their high, their second um, episode at a fallback is greater than the first and second episode block of um, Inhumans. So they're still doing better than Inhumans. Yeah. Now, it, it does worry me that the show is on Fox because Fox is known to cancel stuff. So I would be, it would be interesting to see if Fox continues to keep this on multiple seasons because, man, they will act something in a minute, which is what I hate about the network. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but, but, but considering the fact that Fox is Fox, I mean, I know they're different, you know, arms of the same uh, Hydra, you know, little pun there. But, uh, you know, since they're both arms of, you know, the Fox company, maybe since, you know, these were X-Men characters, sort of like how, um, you know, Disney and a- owns ABC, maybe that gives them a little bit more incentive to at least keep them in the forefront. Yeah. Too big to fail, man. Yeah. And big. it also helps uh, maintain their using the X-Men characters and not have to give the rights back to, um, you know, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> So we've talked about uh, the New Mutants. We've talked about um, the Gifted. We've talked about the Inhumans. um, And we talked briefly about the Runaways. So anything else uh, that you want to cover? Not really. I think I'm good. But I will say people go out and watch the Last Jedi latest trailer. It is awesome. And you would want to see the movie immediately. It It's it's awesome and it'll leave your mind blown. So yep. go go watch that. That's that's my gift. Yeah, well, I'll say this. I lost some geek cred because I've not seen it yet and I'm a Star Wars fan. So that's why we didn't talk about it tonight. But we will at some point. We will. <laughs> so you are working on some other stuff other than discussing who. So tell everybody where else they can find you. Yeah, yeah, you can check me out on my other Star Trek podcast, which Cal is on as well. It's called... Uh, uh, STD podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, and you can check that out at stdpodcast.com. And yeah, what about yourself, man? Good deal. Yep. Um, Lee and I can also be found on Doctor Who Podshock. Uh, we are actually recording uh, our first episode that we've kind of, I'll call it, taken a summer hiatus, but looks like we are ramping back up. So um, it looks like the whole team will be on board the TARDIS uh, tonight and we're talking about one of what Clarence and I consider our most hated episode of series 10 knock knock so um, other than doing pod shock I'm just so excited about knock knock (laughs) it should be fun yep it should be fun it's the simple fact of it's pod shock so it's going to be fun so we're going to make it fun but um you know, another th- place that you can also be checked out on is the Tech Pedition podcast. You do that with your brother, Carrie, and who is also on the STD Star Trek Discovery podcast. And uh, we can also be found on Patreon. So, Clarence, where can people look for us on Patreon? 
Oh, yeah, it's pretty simple. Patreon.com slash Discussing Who. I can go there, and if you find our content good, uh, you know, shoot us enough for a coffee or something. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. It would be a dollar or less a month, and just anything you contribute, we'll we'll appreciate it. And for any of you who are interested in what Lee is working on, you can check out Series 1 or Season 1 and 2 of the Relativity Podcast at relativitypodcast.com, which you can also find on Patreon at patreon.com backslash relativity and with that we thank you for listening let us know what you think about these two shows if you like them or you don't like them or anything else you can shoot us a line by sending us an email to discussing who at gmail.com just record a audio clip and send it to us so clarence and i will be back next episode talking about maybe doctor who or maybe some more comic books Who knows? We'll see you then. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices. Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.